and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa News of PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Mama E of ConjureDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's topic on Rose, the Queen of Flowers. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're a selector from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Ms. Kat and Conjurman Ali. Ms. Kat? Hi. This is Miss Cat with the slowest computer in the world. I may have to <laughs> bail later and restart this thing. I'm um I'm um hmm I'm in limbo. Alrighty, but here I am. At least I'm on the radio and I'm on the phone, so we'll just see how the computer can play catch up. But let me ask a favor of my dearly beloved one. Nakashiva, can you go get me my laptop just in case this thing bites it completely? Thanks. <laughs> All righty, that's the world of technology. You always have a backup. Um, if I if I can't make it on the laptop, I'll make it on the phone. Well, I just wanted to uh, catch everybody up on what's happening. Some people listen to these shows way, way, way into the future, and of course, they have no idea what what we're doing today. So we always try to put a little bit of a basis or footprint underneath where we're standing. So today is beautiful weather um, up here in Northern California. I just heard behind the scenes that it was a little hotter down there in Southern California. And um, we've been working, um, as always, making beautiful products, handmade, everything handmade, and um, lovely um, harvesting of the... um, flowers and herbs and roots that go into our products. We've been harvesting walnut leaves and um, blackberry leaves, roses, which will be our topic today, Uh, rosemary, um, clover, white clover, um, oh my gosh, uh, mugwort, the one I cannot touch. We've been having a lot of harvesting, and I want to thank particularly Althea and Sienna our newest uh, employee, for harvesting so much. And I also want to thank my a good friend, um, Ray Brown, for coming out all the way from Sacramento to help with the harvesting and also help with chopping up some of the larger, bigger roots. We get a lot of um, our materials that we use to make our products are hand-crafted uh, and wild-crafted um, by a an old-time root collector. I'm not going to, uh, you know, say too much about him. He's my, my old buddy. He's 76 years old. But sometimes he just sends us the big chunks of root, and sometimes they are tough, and you need to split them with an axe 
or cut them up with um, lopping shears like you might use to trim a tree. And that takes a lot of strength. And I really want to thank Ray Brown for coming out and spending two days just chopping away. <laughs> so thanks to him, we have some, some wonderfully packageable stuff, and now I hope Sienna is packaging it. So um, everybody's been pitching in and working hard. And um, I guess the only other thing I do want to mention, and this is you're gonna, this is you heard it first, um, Lady Muse, who many people know through Hoodoo Psychics, has joined Air. Now, if you've ever gotten a reading from Lady Muse at Hoodoo Psychics, you're gonna love her at Air. She's a wonderful reader. She's been reading for many, many years. This is not one of these jump on the bandwagon, Johnny Come Lately, gals. This is a real old-time root worker. And Lady Muse uh, makes her own uh, products as well for people. And um, she's a wonderful, wonderful worker. We've known her for many years. She's come out to the Hoodoo Heritage Festivals, and we're just so happy to have Lady Muse. She's located in Southern California, but she will reach out to people all over the world if you reach out to her. So her air page is not live yet. I'm just giving you the heads up. This is the You Heard It Here First. On Tuesday, um, which is um, a couple of days from now, and that would be uh, uh, Tuesday, June 12th, um, of 2018, we'll be working on her webpage at AIR. Papa Newt and me and Nagashiva and possibly John St. Germain. And she may come along for the tech team meeting too. And by that end of Tuesday, her page should be live and you'll be able to book her through AIR. We'll put an announcement at the AIR Facebook page. And um, I hope someone puts the AIR Facebook page in the chat room. And... Um, and it'll all be happening. So this is a big shout-out to uh, Lady Muse, a wonderful, wonderful friend, worker, longtime companion of the way, fellow traveler, gifted psychic. She is a spiritual minister. She comes out of the deliverance ministry tradition, and she is a one who specializes in exorcisms and the removal of negative spirits. So... That's it for my news. How about you, Contraban Ali? What's new with you? Oh, you know, I've been uh, busy doing what I do best. Um, I'm starting to get a lot of, I've been doing a lot of geomantic like readings, and some people who, who people who have been listening to the show get a small glimpse of, of what my geomancy readings are doing. But I'm starting to also uh, do rectification of uh, geomancy charts. And that rectification means slightly something different than it does in astrology. To rectify a chart in astrology generally means to find out the accurate date uh, of something. That is to fix the chart, so to speak, so that you're like, oh, okay, you, you were likely actually born uh, here. In geomancy, uh, rectification refers to uh, healing fate. So what happens is you do a life reading, and the life reading doesn't come out as perfect as you want it to be. Money doesn't look good. Love doesn't look good. And so because in geomancy the patterns, uh, the figures are all connected to a pattern. They're formed by combining one another and restructure or reconfiguring each other, and that's how they, they kind of give birth to one another. You can actually retrace certain figures and change them. And by changing them, you then change the fate. In other words, change the entire pattern. And it's done with offerings given to the spirits of those figures to certain angels and 
um, uh, incense and candles and things like that. So I've been doing a lot of that work. It's very intensive work. It takes weeks to do. It's not like, a, you know, you light a candle and you forget it. It involves casting a chart and then fixing the chart and then giving offerings to the right spirits and the right gin. And the, it's a very intensive form of work, but I really have been enjoying doing it. Um, and, and, you know, if anyone's interested in that, they could check out my, my website, thecontraman.com, and just, you know, get a geomancy reading, and then from there we could see if uh, a rectification is needed or not. But I've done a few of them this past couple of months that, that have been really intensive, taken probably about three weeks or so, but we're starting to see really positive results, a really big turnaround in regards to money in the case of, of one client and a big turnaround in regards to health for another client, but it, it took it took a bit of reworking of that chart before we started to see um, some really good changes in their life. Contraband Ali, this is really interesting. It's a bit more like astrological remediation than astrological yes. rectification. Yeah, right? even though it's called rectification, it's rectification. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get what you're doing. It's really cool. Yep. Now, now that you've told us this really really cool thing. You got to go write a paragraph or three about it at the air website in the geomancy section, because if you're offering that and nobody else is, they need to know what it is they're looking for. This is uh, this is pretty astounding stuff. It is a bit like astral remediation in that you're going to take the raw material that you were given and then you're going to try to work it in such a way as. It's basically a magical working on a reading. Is that not correct? That's exactly so. It's actually a very ancient practice that uh, you don't often hear in geomancy books and whatnot, and that's because it's so deeply rooted to Khat al-Ramal, the kind of Arabic form of geomancy. And in Arabic geomancy, geomancy is not just taught, it has what's known as a ijaza. You have to actually get a license in order to practice it. And one of the secret aspects of reworking the chart or creating tasakin is entirely hidden through initiation. So unless you're initiated, no, you don't know how to actually do it. It's a very unique way of doing this uh, remediation, as you as you accurately put it. But you see its corollary or its cousin in astrology, an astrological mm-hmm. remediation. It's very similar. Wow. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I may be uh, signing up to be a customer of yours right now, baby. That no, this is see. I have to say that astrological remediation is probably my favorite portion of astrology. Same. Yes, you can do a character reading. Yes, you can answer questions. Yes, you can get timing. But astral remediation is where I have spent most of my time in astrology because. What good is it to tell a person what it is if it's bad? You know what I mean? Yes, you, aren't much of a, exactly. you aren't much of a doctor. You're a diagnostician, but you're not a doctor or a healer. Mm-hmm. And um, this is something also true with Tarot. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we had a workshop on Tarot Spells of Remediation that Valentina Burton gave at the 2018 Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And she had a system, I'm not going to give it all away, although you can ask for the flyer on it, Spells with Tarot, that she uh, prepared for that workshop. But basically what she did was use Tarot cards that signify the person and put them through a landscape of Tarot cards that led them to where they needed to go. It's Mm. Tarot remediation. And again, something magical 
not divinatory per se, but it's based on the divination. You start with the divination, and then you move it in the direction you want to go. Diagnosis and treatment. Yeah, diagnosis and then treatment. Yeah, yeah. So, so her flyer um, uh, on tarot remediation is also fascinating. Um, I just love that kind of work because you're really helping oh, um, the the client. You know. All right. Well, thank you so much for mentioning this, and I do look forward to you writing something at the Air website. Um, I will. All righty, because we want to know about it, and we want to know what we're, what to ask for. Um, when we get a reading with you or a remediation mm-hmm. with you. Okay. Now, am I to take it, by the way, you mentioned initiatory uh, traditions. Am I to understand that you have actually taken some special study in this? Yeah. Well, ge- uh, geomancy, I was taught as in my training with uh, mm-hmm. Arabic uh, jinn magic, known as sihr. And there's segments of it that you can teach to the public that's called folk magic, so things you can do, for example, mm-hmm. finding lost objects, healing a broken relationship. But there's other aspects of it that are initiatory, not in the sense that you're doing a ritual, but that there's actually a lineage that you have to follow. You do formalized training, and then you get what's known as an ajaza. And ajaza literally means a license or permission to practice. And in order to practice, you have to demonstrate your ability. For example, it's known as the test of nine. And you have to do 99 readings in which you act, you accurately locate a thief, you accurately locate a hidden object, you actually rework a chart, you're able to uh, judge the outcome of a trial, and all of this before you receive your ajaza. And that, I did this when I was actually uh, 18, so this is a long, long time ago, uh, over a decade, that I've been doing okay. this type of work, but that's where it comes from. Well, thank you. Okay. Um uh, meanwhile, in the chat room, I just have to give a little shout-out to Nagashiva, our our uh, producer here. He just said, we should do a show in July on this with Kanjabin Ali as our guest. <laughs> and he, they, they're already setting it up, and they just need a guest co-host. And, boy, it's going to happen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Nagashiva. Okay. Now, um, let's bring in our guest for today. This is Mama E. So just a few words about Mama E. Mama E is um, a fantastic, compassionate, loving, kind, hugely skilled reader, root worker, and a maker of spiritual supplies. Um, She is at theconjuredoctor.com, and she has been a member of AIR for the last Oh, several years, and um, just want to say hello. Hello, Mama one of our e. favorite guests. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's lovely being here with you. And on the tail end of what you were just discussing, I had a geomancy reading with Contramanali two years in a row, and they were magnificent. They're oh, wonderful. Oh, my goodness, yes. And I think I'm going to book another one because it's been a while. So, yeah. Uh, look yeah. for me on your website. Okay. Well, I was going to say, me too. <laughs> pretty pretty cool. I'm I'm very interested in how this, this works. This is cool stuff. All right. Well, Mama E, uh, can yes. you tell us what else is new in your life? What, do you, what work are you doing right now? Well, I'm always working with my clients, and lately I've had a lot of um, court case problems, 
and uh, a lot mm. of uh, court case involving children and, mm. uh, you know, divorces and things. And I use uh, St. Martha, the dominator, to help these parents that uh, are being taken to court again and again and again for silly things just to get money out of them. And mm. uh, I became I became a follower now. I mean, she is amazing. And mm. I even made an oil for her uh, because of what I was doing and accomplishing and, you know, um, the reviews I was getting from uh, the clients. So... Uh, she's my favorite, but not to take away. I'm also working with uh, Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez, oh. and uh, he has been amazing too. And I'm also coming out with an oil for him. Um, he oh. even helped with my family. I, I, I worked with him to help someone in my family, and he was amazing. So, and I, I think of Papa Nude when I work with all the saints because, you know, mm. he's the, the guru of the saints here. And, um, and although I was raised Catholic, you know, I usually wasn't working with them that much. But lately I've, I've been, I've been getting closer. I get back to the roots. So, um, so yeah. Aside from that, yeah. um, all is well. Um, working hard. Got a new employee that I'm, I've trained and to help out and... You know, Dr. E products is, is going strong. So Great. And I know that yes. you and you and uh, uh, Clayton are working on that new candle company too. Yes, Clayton has a new candle company, and um, and it's I'm selling his candles now. At least some of them. Oh, no, I am. I'm sen- selling his figurals. Um, mm-hmm. um, so um, yep. Yeah, so they and they're beautiful candles. Just. You can go on the website and you know and find them there. He's got amazing calls like, that we took at the at the show and uh, figurals and yeah. yeah. We've been we've been buying them his candles also for resale at Lucky Mojo. They're very well made. These are by Clayton and Carlos. This is really really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, so you can, of course, find them at their own website. But but Mama East is now selling Clayton's candles, and so is Lucky Mojo. And I think other companies are going to follow suit. I think he's going to be very successful because he the, the, his company, Transcendent Candle, uh, yes. is very very uh, dedicated to the idea of candles as spiritual supplies, not just mm. you know pour some wax in a mold and unmold it. So he's they're right. doing these candles with intention, attention to detail, and spiritual in, intention. All righty. Mm-hmm. Well, now let's get to our topic because we, we don't want to short our topic. Our topic is Rose, <laughs> the Queen of Flowers. And as usual, I'm just going to say a little thing. I have a fondness for roses. I have about mm-hmm. um, 350 varieties of roses growing on my property. Mm. Um and people ask, how did you get so many varieties? Well, I uh, am a typesetter, and back in the day when typesetting was something that not everyone could do, uh, I hooked up with a man who had a vintage rose gardens, and he needed a catalog done. And he didn't have an, all the money in the world, but he had all the roses in the world. So I typeset uh, his catalog for a couple of years. I also taught mm. him typesetting. You know, teach a man to fish. You know, I didn't want him. To, I didn't mm-hmm. want to be set there 
typesetting forever. So I typeset his catalog, and he paid me both for the catalog typesetting and for teaching him typesetting. He paid me in roses, and I was hard-pressed. I had to plant these roses. I mean, I had buckets and buckets and buckets of them. Over the years, many of them have survived and thrived, and we have all kinds of roses on our property. Um, I would say the rose is my favorite flower, and uh, maybe followed by the iris. And um, one of our very good friends, Dr. James Dotson, a, a man who teaches perfumery and is a perfumer himself, uh, you can read his article on perfumery and incense in the black folder. He had taught a workshop on that at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Well, anyway, Dr. Dotson has a great nose because he's a great perfumer. And one day he just started opening up Lucky Mojo bottles, and he just started setting them into piles. He goes, rose, no rose. Rose, no rose, no rose, no rose, rose, rose. And then he, I said, what are you doing? He goes, you're the lady who can do the most with rose of any perfumer. And he, he uncovered one of my secrets is that I like to put rose in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I have different rose fragrances. All roses don't smell the same. There's tea right. rose. There's damask mm-hmm. rose. There's bourbon rose. They all smell different. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of roses. So having said that, let me bring in Mama E. You tell us what you know and think and do with roses. Well, uh, roses are a symbol of love. I mean, in every uh, nation, everyone thinks of the rose as a flower you give a loved one or uh, an offer to a deity or a representation of a deity. Um, In um, ancient times, the Greeks, uh, would associate Aphrodite, the goddess of love, with roses. And um, the Romans also, uh, of course, uh, worship Venus and uh, use roses. So mm-hmm. um, Cleopatra used to take baths with rose petals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, who wouldn't? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyone should... And actually, in some ATRs, there are baths that you can take uh, that uh, require white roses. And they're mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, the white baths. And they are for um, keeping you calm. And one of the ingredients is white rose petals. And mm-hmm. they do work. They do work. So, um, uh, can I just jump ahead. in? Can I just jump in? I yes. want to say two things. You you mentioned all the various many cultures that use roses as a, a love, sexuality, and goddess-oriented scent. And this is true where roses are native. And I want to say just something here. Roses yes. are not native to the Southern Hemisphere at all. And right. so the cultures that arose in the Southern Hemisphere didn't discover the rose until they were colonized and the roses mm-hmm. were brought to them. And, of course, now they grow all over the Southern Hemisphere. In fact, some of the very best hybridizers of roses are in New Zealand and Australia. I mean, really good hybridizers. But they just they are not native to those areas. The other thing is there are about 200 species of rose. And those species, some of them will crossbreed and hybridize in in your garden, although they might not do so in nature because they live too far apart to actually hybridize. There are some roses that won't hybridize with others because of differing chromosome counts or whatever. But these 
species of roses have been developed into what we might call general family breeds. They're not really families in the in the botanical mm-hmm. sense, but we when we talk about bourbon roses, they all have a certain genetic signature to them or mm-hmm. or um what we might call a phenotypical signature. They might have a certain bourbon rose scent, for instance. Tea roses mm-hmm. are called tea roses because the original one that was called the tea rose smelled like tea like mm-hmm. black tea. And there are many tea roses also have an orange scent or a cloves scent. And so many tea roses smell like constant comment tea, which is a black tea mm. with cloves and oranges. And that's the yeah. tea rose scent. Many family groupings or breed groupings of roses only come in limited colors, such as pink and pink pink toward mm-hmm. red. Some are much more varied. The tea roses have a lot of what, what are called broken colors, oranges, and bicolor, tricolor combinations. If there's one bloom on the stalk, that's a single rose, of course. If they yeah. come in clusters, they're called usually polyantha, meaning many, many flowers, or, or uh, floribunda, meaning abundant flowers. Mm-hmm. The reason I mention this is that, that if you want to dry roses, and one of the things in my course that I teach, everybody wants to dry rose petals. Be careful when you dry roses that you only dry the ones that are dark pink toward red or toward magenta. The If you try to dry white roses, which Mama E just mentioned, they will just turn a kind of a cream brown color. Mm-hmm. They don't dry mm-hmm. with color. However, mm-hmm. white roses, like she was saying, have their own special meaning of purity. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're going to grow white roses, may I recommend the variety called Iceberg. It is beautifully scented. Don't grow Frau Karl Druschke. It's white. It's gorgeous and has no scent at all. <laughs> okay. So grow iceberg. Keep on going. That was the white roses. <laughs> well, and white roses are um, used for new love too. The um uh the hybrid roses, there are ten thousand mm-hmm. varieties. So mm-hmm. which is crazy when you think about it. And um and roses are also good for tea. Mm-hmm. They're also good to eat, mm-hmm. and they can be, and, and also the rose hips have a lot of vitamin mm-hmm. C and can be used, you know, for teas or, you know, also for for luck. I, I read somewhere that some people put a rose hip, like in a mojo, to carry mm-hmm. with them just a nice, thick rose hip. Now, mm-hmm. what what I do with roses, because... Um, I guess I offer roses to St. Martha. Every Tuesday she gets a rose. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. offer roses to St. Cyprian. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. if he, uh, if that's a custom. I just felt that if St. Martha had a he rose, St. Cyprian wanted a rose. Oh, he'll take <laughs> it. He loves roses. He'll take it. Yep. Yes. Yep. So I, give him, I give him roses. And also St. Exodite. So of course, I give, he loves Yeah, them. I give all the oh, saints yeah. roses as well as the my ancestral altar. They get roses, mm-hmm. too. Everybody gets roses. It's really pretty in the shop when I get the roses. So Can I give I do, you a couple other? There's there's um, there's uh, St. Rose of Lima. I live in oh, Santa yeah. Rosa, the town of Santa Rosa. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. St. Teresa also carries mm-hmm. roses. Yes, Many of does. the saints love roses. Yeah. They're always a good yeah. offering. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So what I do with the roses, according to where that rose was, that's what I used it for. Like the St. Martha roses, whenever, every week when we change the roses, we take the old rose, we save all those petals and we dry them. Mm-hmm. And then after they're dry, we grind them and mm. we make rose powder. And mm-hmm. let me tell you mm. something. We at uh, Cotton Sisters Queen Elizabeth Root, mm-hmm. because Queen Elizabeth is a fixative for um, perfume. So mm-hmm. that way it can keep the smell of the rose. And what mm-hmm. I do is I put them in a little jar, and then and I use like a coffee grinder. I use a coffee grinder. I have several coffee grinders for different mm-hmm. things. But I use a little coffee grinder, and we add the Queen Elizabeth and the uh, dry uh, petals and shake mm-hmm. it and make a powder, and then we taste that. And whenever I do a spell with St. Martha, I use Mm -hmm. that, or if I light a candle for her, or to help me in court case, or, you know, any child abuse, or anything, I use that powder. So, the same thing applies to St. Expedite. You can do the same thing. If you want something quickly, use St. Expedite roses in your spells. Mm. Okay? Yes. These are now, these are wonderful wonderful ideas. I'm going to throw in something else. Do you know mm-hmm. about making rose beads? Um, you yes. can take rose petals and you roll them mm-hmm. up, and you can um, uh, pierce them. You know before they're completely dried, you roll them up and you make rose beads. And people make necklaces. People make rosaries. Rosaries. Right. Yes. I I know that um, I used to make rose beads, and I had a friend who actually had a company who did nothing but making rose beads and selling them at yep. craft fairs. And she made jewelry, she made necklaces, she made rosaries. Um, mm-hmm. There, you can find people who do that at uh, Etsy. It would be your mm-hmm. best source. Um, uh, Alchemical Artisans Hour in the chat. Thank you, Hun, for being here. She says, I form them around round toothpicks. That's that's a very good way. Yeah. My friend formed them around copper wire, same kind of thing. Um mm-hmm. but you can you can the toothpicks is actually a pretty cool, um, cheap way to do it. I mean it's just simple, everybody has toothpicks around. This is making rose beads is a wonderful way uh and it sounds so ephemeral like what the, but they really do kind of some, give me a witness here. They, they stick together. They work, right? They yeah. do. They do. And they yeah. smell yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is I want to. Uh, this is a really important thing to, to point out here, is the spiritual component of roses. Today mm-hmm. we think of rose as the sort of uh, flower par excellence for love. And and there's a lot of kind of debate or I would say a kind of reworking of history, especially amongst our, our neo-pagan colleagues who argue that Rose represents love because of Aphrodite and Venus. Well, the average root worker isn't worshipping Aphrodite mm-hmm. and, and Venus. Um, and more importantly, that that's a re- misunderstanding of history. Rose was certainly one of the offerings given to Aphrodite and to Venus, mm-hmm. but it was given as a flower of beauty because it represented beauty. Mm-hmm. Lilies, more often than not, represented love. And we know this because in ancient mm-hmm. Roman ceremonies for weddings, the flowers that they would carry usually had lilies in them that the love spells did not include rose petals, but actually the blood of a white pigeon. 
burnt on mm. charcoal. This is these are things that nowadays people don't want to talk about. Like, oh no, they give roses to love. No, no, the ancient cults were were bloody, right? That's just the reality mm-hmm. of them. Um, and, and it is prob- actually probably in, the yeah. lily was for purity, right? Yeah, lily mm-hmm. for purity and marriage is connected with with Juno and with uh, Aphrodite mm. and Venus as well. Lo- rose as a was more of a mystic herb as an, as a, or a flower mm. that connected you devotionally to the gods. And this was transferred over into Christianity and Islam in particular. Mm. You find it in the writings of Ibn Arabi and Rumi when, he, when they talk about the sort of mystic love for God, as well as in, in Judaism. You find it a lot amongst the Sephardic Jews in Al-Andalus, uh, Maimonides, and others who talk about Rose as this the mystic component of, of loving God, of being drawn, de, uh, loving devotion, and as well as in Christianity, where it became associated with the Virgin Mary. So Rose mm-hmm. has a very deep mystical component, and it isn't really in until the early modern era and the Victorian era that we start to see it more effectively referred to as a love flower. So it has all these dimensions to it that is rooted in its history and its culture and its geography Mm -hmm. that sometimes get flattened out and we go, oh, it's a... It's a love flower, but the way you're working it with St. Martha, that's actually very traditional. It's very old school and really speaks to the heart of what rose is. And that is a, that is a, a, a flower that, that recalls, that has nostalgic qualities, mystic qualities, and devotional qualities. I, I got to just throw in something because not all cultures mm-hmm. are alike. Not all cultures yeah. are alike. One of the places where some of the most beautiful tea roses come from, the the, the China rose, um, uh, uh, how can I say, hybrid teas come from hybrid perpetuals. They had China roses because China roses are rebloomers. Many roses only bloom once a year, and most mm-hmm. European roses bloom once a year, which is why the rose was kind of a very special rose in Europe. Yes. But in China, they bloom every few months. They just rebloom and rebloom as long mm-hmm. as the weather's good. So the China roses, but they tend to be small. They have names for their roses, which are very interesting. One of them is a red Chinese rose, very little tiny rose, but the base mm-hmm. of each petal is white. And when you look inside, you see this white center on this mm-hmm. little red rose. And the name translates as pearl in the mouth of the dragon. So that mm-hmm. immediately relates to Chinese mm-hmm. celestial concepts. But there's another one. And it was imported into America early 20th century, about 1920 or so, 1916. And the the Chinese name translates literally what is seen in the pavilion boudoir of the emperor's ladies-in-waiting. And you can just imagine what that is, right? So, um, I love that. So people, people have different translated it different ways. Some yes. people call it call it the ladies' boudoir. But it, it is actually a little bit more some people say it's the thigh of the lady. No, no, it's not exactly the thigh. <laughs> but um it's a it's a very light pink rose and that rose has always been associated with sexuality yes. in China. So let's say so, it has a deeper meaning, huh? Yeah, it's a deeper meaning. It has right? a deeper meaning. <laughs> yeah. So, so although in Europe the rose is more mystical, in China yes. it is more sensual. And all of the, mm-hmm. you know, no, not all cultures are the same. But what happened exactly. was that that particular rose was brought over by the United States Department of Agriculture of all places and spread throughout America. Here it is, this beautiful, hearty Chinese rose, and they dropped the name. They dropped all the, you know, just hey, it's pink, you love it, 
and everyone did, right? <laughs> so, um, and it was used as a rootstock for many other uh, tea and hybrid tea roses because it was very hardy, and they were trying to get roses that were more hardy farther north. So, just another sidelight. Mm-hmm. Well, I also want to bring uh, and mention that roses can be eaten. Some of them. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of varieties, and the one that seems to be the most popular one is Rosa Rugosa. That's R-U-G-O-S-A. And uh, just because I'm nosy, I went online to figure out how could I get Rosa Rugosa. And they Mm -hmm. sell them in many places, except you have to make sure that this rose has not been sprayed with any chemicals because you're going to be eating this. So they have to be organic Mm -hmm. roses that have not been sprayed with pesticides. So Mm -hmm. um, actually I found a website, uh, Crimson Sage, and they sell Mm -hmm. the little bush for $7.50. So it's not like it's going to break the bank. Uh, Right. there's a second rose called the Generous Gardener, and that's a climbing rose, and those are amazing. Those are really, because mm. the Rugosa is an old-fashioned rose, the open one, very simple mm-hmm. one, but the Generous Garden is amazing. It's nice and full. It's just beautiful. That's a little bit more expensive, but both yeah. varieties I- can be eaten. Okay, all roses can be eaten, but some are more yeah. bitter than others. Rosa yeah, rugosa exactly. is extremely hardy, and Rosa rugosa is a wild species, but there are yeah. some doubles de- descended from it. Okay, I could talk about roses all day. I'll stop now. Oh, I love this. Um, <laughs> let's, let's turn this over to Papa Newt and see what he has to say. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Mama Eve, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling signs are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop in and read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is calling in from area code 314 in St. Louis, Missouri. This is Lindsay. Lindsay, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Thanks. Hi. Welcome to the show. I see this is your first time calling in. Thank you for entrusting us with your situation today. And I'm also seeing here that you have, for this particular situation, you have not had a reading with Ms. Kat, Conjurman Ali, or any other readers or rule workers on this situation. Am I correct? No, I haven't. All right, thank you. And uh, Lindsay Wright, and we had to do a slight edit uh, for on-air readability. Um, she wrote, I've been going through a nine-month rough patch with a friend for five years. We continue to work together running a multifaceted spiritual organization, uh, but I do care for her, but I need to know if this rough patch will will run its course or shall I, uh, is it better to serve uh, to go a new direction? Turn back to you, Ms. Kat. <laughs> 
Hi. Well, there's a part that got left out, which is in the original thing, which I think it's important to say. So I'm going to say this. Um, I, last fall, I sought advice from a professional counselor, and after examining our written communication and hearing just my half the story, she believes my friend has borderline personality disorder. So this is part of why this question is coming up. Would I be better served going in a new direction? Because... Uh, it would be very difficult to, um, you know, overcome borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. through magic. Right? It's a it's a medical condition. So I'm um, uh, just want to make sure that that's understood. Okay. Now, having said that, Lindsay, I'm going to ask what sign of the zodiac you are. I'm Sagittarius. Okay. Hence the question: Should I go in a new direction? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, this is, uh, I mean, this is the the power of the Sagittarius. They can go in a new direction. They're not asking, how long must I suffer? They're saying, should I go in a new direction? And your friend who works with you on this multifaceted spiritual organization, what sign of the Zodiac is your friend? He's a Scorpio. Friend is a Scorpio. Okay, hmm. so now we have now we understand who's going to stay and who's going to move. You understand because you, if you're <laughs> yeah. spiritual, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah. The friend is uh, is a Scorpio. Now that is not to say, and I want to make sure everyone understands, it's not to say that Scorpios have borderline personality disorder and Sagittarians are pure as the driven snow, because mental illness can strike anyone, no matter what their sign. But how they live their life is sometimes uh, imp- impacted, impinged upon by their sign of the zodiac. Okay. So um, now I'm going to do um, a brief um, uh, analysis of this just from the um, from the standpoint of tarot cards. Okay. Um, and we're going to see um, um, you've been five years. Okay, five years with each other. And um, I'm going to ask one more question, I guess, because I want to really make sure I'm focusing in on this. This friend, uh, you, do you co-lead this group? Are, do you like? Is there a bank account associated with it that you both have access to? There is, but the money is is not really part of the equation. She's the the board president and leader of the group, so um, I'm just a volunteer and board member. Um, I really don't have any other ponies in the race other than I, I really love her and I love Dacian and we there have been red flags since the beginning, but I'm just not sure if, if I've had enough, if, if it's worth to continue to, to try. Got it. I understand. Okay. I'm going to ask one more question because I'm still trying to kind of bring this into focus. This spiritual organization, does it do outreach to the public or is it, it for the benefit of it? What? It it does. Uh, we run Wheel of the Year Sabbaths, and we have a five-year mystery school where I'm the teaching assistant, um, and okay, we have an great. online. So. Yeah, even online presence. So it's not just for the benefit of the of the members itself. It's an outreach organization. Okay, that's important to understand. Um, and now I will read the cards. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, boy, I got a really clear answer. Um, <laughs> it is time for you to move on. Mm-hmm. I, I can okay. just say that I've got three cards now. I'll explain it. But these cards all go in that direction. First card is called the Judgment. Angel Gabriel blows the trumpet. Wake up, 
right? It's a big wake-up call, and it says that um, something has to change. Basically, the dead come back to life. You may have to actually rededicate yourself to the divine. Um, Gabriel is an announcing spirit. It's from Judaism and adopted in Christianity, and it doesn't really matter what your religion. We're talking about an announcing spirit, a spirit who brings messages from the universe, from the divine. And this, when you know, when they say, you know, Gabriel blows his horn, right? They say you got to. That's it. You're you're up to move. So there are actually other people there rejoicing. There are six people rejoicing, and if you do leave, others may also find it in their best interest to do so. This doesn't mean that they will cluster around you as a new leader. That is not what this card shows, but it does show you've received your wake-up call. Okay. Card number two is the Ace of Pentacles. And, and uh, this kind of goes to my question about bank accounts and money, but it also shows um, a future of exploration that will take you a while before you settle again. What it shows is a garden completely surrounded by a hedge of red roses. And we were just talking about roses. In the garden, there are white lilies. So this is a garden of protection, a garden of beauty, a garden that I would say favors females in a certain sense because these rose and lily are both female-oriented. And overhead is the hand of God holding a big golden coin. So you've received a blessing, and you may have even received something of value. But there's a path that leads through the garden, and it goes through the Arch of Roses and out. And in the distance, we see the mountains. No detail on the mountains. We don't know exactly where you're going to go. But it says, when you are ready to leave this garden, this enclosed, protected garden, you should go. And the divine God, Spirit, will give you a talismanic token that will, I guess you could say, spiritually, emotionally, or financially fund your next move. You will be given a gift that enables you to move on. Whatever that gift is, whether you see it as a talisman or as a, as money or as um, uh, ways of working, uh, techniques you've been taught, an initiation you've received, something was given to you, now move on. The third card is a card that says when you move on, you're not going to immediately land at your new best place. It's called the Knight of Cups, and it shows the desert and a, a man on a horse um, but the horse is walking forward, and he's holding a cup like the Holy Grail. And he has come across this desert. He's in armor. And he feels acutely that he has left behind the um, comforting place that he was, and he's made a trek. But now he comes to a stream of water, and um, he is able to water his horse. He's able to refill his cup. Things will happen. There will be a slight delay. But the kind of security and um, I guess you could say structure that was offered, which is represented here by a pair of oak trees, which represents stability, is not going to be immediately within your grasp. The oak trees are up on a cliff on the other side of the river, and he will have to walk downstream with his horse, leading his horse downstream past a lot of willow trees. Now, willow trees are bendable. They are flexible. They are not the trees you can, you know, build your campsite under. And so you'll have a lot of friends, 
and a lot of acquaintances and colleagues and fellow travelers, and eventually you'll be able to come around, go up a little valley, and come up and reestablish that stability. But it will not happen in three months. And I'm not going to go any farther than that because I don't know. I'm not going to try to read for five years or anything. But this is going to be, you know, breaking away is called for. You will be given the gifts you need to go forward. Keep your faith. There will be a dry period. You will then find new people who will be of help. They won't be as strong as she is, but they will be of help to you. And eventually you will reestablish stability in a new place. That's my reading on it. Thank you. Now, yeah. Well, let's turn it over to Mama E. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Thanks for taking the call. No problem. This is my pleasure. So I pulled cards while you were talking, and the main card that I got was the strength card, and that is the center card of my reading. Um, Apparently, these five years have been very difficult because every time I get the strength card in a reading, and I used to get it myself before my life completely changed, that means that uh, you have to dig deep into your heart and realize that you're a strong woman and you will get through this too. Now, I pull nine cards, uh, like three times what everybody else does. But anyway, on the top, I get the eight of pentacles, and that is to me the apprentice card. Now, I'm assuming that when you have been here five years with this group, you have learned a lot of new skills and you have awakened your spirituality, and you can probably now set up your own business based on everything that you have learned with them. Next to that card is the star, and that is a very positive um, foretelling card that, that things will work out for you. The king of pentacles is next to that, which means money. Somebody will help you. There's a man there that will assist you with money. As we stand right now, you have a lot of responsibility and work and aggravation, basically, that you're dealing with. And that is not to your best interest. After the strength card that we originally spoke of, I have the five of pentacles. And the five of pentacles indicates like... A couple, a mother and a child walking away and watching inside, you know, people happy rejoicing. In this case, what this means to me is that you will miss your friends. You will miss what you had. But it is to your best interest to step away and go somewhere else. Underneath that, the six of wands is the victory card. You will be victorious. You will succeed. However... You have to be in charge of your own destiny. So what this is telling me is that what you learned at this place is going to help you set up something that will give you the emotional reward that you have and that you enjoy. Now, there is some movement here next to it. And you might have to go either to another city or set up somewhere else. But definitely, it is to your best interest to step away from that group 
say goodbye to those friends and stay away from them because now you know enough to move on and do your own magic and your own protection and your own spiritual work without having to be the strongest woman in the planet, having to deal with what you're dealing with. So that's my reading. Wow. I want to say something before we bring Ali in. Uh, just to make it clear that both my reading and Mama E's reading, neither of us talked about you joining another group that was already in progress. And I hope you caught that because both of us saw that. It's not a question of running from one guru to another guru, as it were. But it may be that this is what you need to um, establish your own path and pattern, perhaps with other co-workers. So that's very important, okay? All right, let's turn this over to Conjurman Ali, and he's going to um, give us some root work. Thanks, Kat. Yeah, I think you have gotten some fantastic readings here. And while they do indicate that it's time for a move on, none of them are saying it's a time to break this relationship and that's it, you're over. That this can be a peaceful parting, that it doesn't need to be uh, harmful or or painful Mm -hmm. for anyone. Um, uh, What I would recommend in in a situation like this is first and foremost – you say you're you're very you know you're doing some type of spiritual work. Whenever you're doing some type of spiritual work, or you're interested in spiritual work or in a spiritual organization, you should really have your own house in order first, spiritually speaking. So I want you to really start to develop a relationship with a spiritual patron of sorts. This can be an ancestor. This can be a saint if you're in Catholicism. Um, it can be uh, a, a deity if you're a neo-pagan. Uh, but you really want to work with someone like that who has your back and who can kind of help you guide through this, particularly if you ever join an organization. I tell this to people all the time is that they need to have someone that's got their back spiritually because organizations themselves are spirits. And they can be spirits that are beneficial to you. They can help you. They can uplift you. Or, as in the case of most of capitalism, they can be parasitic and quite dangerous and toxic. So it's important that you have some type of backing or guardian of yourself of your own. So I want you to do that. Any type of work that that, you, that is uh, you know beneficial for you in that regards, whether it's working with ancestors or saints or whatever it is, to really kind of develop that on your own. What I want you to do in regards to this situation is get two white figural candles, both of them female, one to represent you and one to represent her. You're going to inscribe yours with your name and your date of birth, hers with her name and her date of birth. You're going to get blessing oil and you are going to anoint and dress both of these candles and you're going to set them down on a table facing away from each other, back to back, right next to each other, okay? Behind them and in the center of this space that you're working, it can be a table, a dresser, whatever it is that you're going to kind of set up as an altar, I want you to get a bowl. Into that bowl, I want you to put holy water. I want you to put cloves. I want you to put white roses. I want you to put basil and a little bit, just a couple drops of peace water. That bowl is going to be in the background. Those are the peaceful waters that are going to be between you and your friend going forward. You are going to light the candles, pray from your heart, 
for a peaceful transition and move the candles a little bit away from each other, an inch or a centimeter, whatever. Move them away from one another. You're going to dip your fingers into the water and snuff the candles out with that water. You're going to repeat this process over seven days, lighting the candles, praying as you move them away from each other, and then snuffing out the candles. On the final day, that seventh day, you're going to take her... By this time, your candles should be apart from one another. By this time, there should be ample distance between you. You're going to take her whole candle, whatever is left, and you are going to douse it upside down in that bowl, that peaceful bowl of the peaceful waters you've got. You're going to douse it entirely in that. You're going to let your entire candle burn down. Take out her candle, dispose of it at a crossroads, throw it over your left shoulder, walk away without looking back. Take what's left of the uh, peaceful water and sprinkle it around your workplace so that wherever long it takes you to finally transition, you will have peace in that workplace, particularly focus around your cubicle or your office space, her office space, and communal spaces like the bathroom, lounge, etc., places where gossip can happen, where confrontations can happen, etc. Your candle that you have burnt down, you will bury in your front yard in your property. This is a very simple working, but it's done over seven days to ensure that there is a peaceful move between you and her. She goes on her blessed way, and you go on your blessed way. Let's see if Mama E and uh, Kat have any kind of suggestions or additions that they'd like to add to that. This is really good. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to add just one thing, because this is all very peaceful, but we know the lady has been diagnosed Somewhat, you know, maybe not in person, yeah. but we've gotten this diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. Let's take nine devil shoestring pieces and drive them into mm-hmm. the ground <laughs> yeah. uh, around your front door because um, we want some protection. And if she does come yeah. at you spiritually in a bad mood, the devil shoestrings will tangle up her worst negativity. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and if you're if you're co- co- comfortable working with saints, I don't work with her, but Saint Dimphna is also a great saint to kind of call upon in this matter. Great, that's good too. Yeah, well, thank you, Lindsay. That was a very interesting question, and uh, we went into an interesting direction with those readings. I really uh, like that. All righty, y'all listening to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, and we're going to come back with our next client after we hear from Papa Newt. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is calling from Country Code 45 in Denmark. This is Erin. Erin, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, welcome to the show. I see it's about 1 o'clock where you're calling from. Thank you so much for calling in. <laughs> Yes, it's in the middle of my talk. 
That's all good. Now, I do see that uh, you're a first-time caller. Uh, you have not had any readings with Ms. Catter Conjumanali or any other readers or reworkers on this situation. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you. And Aaron writes, I am an American, but I currently live in Denmark. I am not sure if this is the place for me. I moved uh, to be with my husband, but that relationship is now over with. I am not sure if I should stay or go somewhere else and what the future will hold if I, if I stay or go. Turning back to you, Ms. Kat. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how we sometimes have these weeks where everybody's got the same essential interests should I stay or should I go, mm-hmm. is the um, the thread that ties these two readings together. Yeah, All right. So. Um, so, Aaron, before I turn you over to uh, getting a reading with Ali and then with Mama E, I'm going to ask you what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm an Aries with a Leo rising and Sag moon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and that also tells me that you know a lot about yourself because you know your chart. We're not going to ask yeah. about your ex. Yeah, we're not going to ask about your ex-husband because he's out of the picture now. So we're just looking at you. Um, and um, over in the chat room, yes, dear, it is like the Clash song. <laughs> should I stay or should I go? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you name it and claimed it. You won it. Um, so. Um, What we have here is an Aries. Now, Aries is a brave sign, always willing to, you know, pick up and do what needs to be done. Aries are very brave people. Leos are loyal. They tend to be fixed. And Sag, of course, will go on the drop of a hat if there's something better to do. So you're basically fire, but you're all three kinds of fire. You're cardinal, initiating fire. Hey, I moved to Denmark, you know. You're Leo ascendant. I moved to be with someone to be loyal. Now we're down to Sag moon. Maybe I should go. Um, you're a very, um, that's a very fascinating chart you have there. And um, so um, let's turn this over to Contraband Ali, and he will do your first reading. Well, thanks, Kat. Um, yeah, I've pulled a, a geomantic reading. Um, and in this case, I'm, I'm asking a more specific question. This is very much like horary astrology rather than doing kind of a life reading. I'm looking very clearly. Should you move or should you not? And the answer is very clearly on all levels, yes. So let me ask a couple of clarifying questions. First and foremost, you moved out to Denmark to be with your husband. That didn't work out. Are you now living separately from from your husband in Denmark? Yes, but we're still technically married. But you're still Mm -hmm. technically married. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's a a very interesting uh, development, and and I think it's reflected in in the chart. Um, There's a couple things here. The reason I ask if you guys are, are physically uh, within proximity with one another, in other words, are you uh, living together? Is because when I look at the first house, the first house is Albius. Albius is the figure of a goblet. Um, it's an indication of wisdom, and it's also mercurial. And it indicates here that you actually know to a certain degree the answer to this question. There's a part of you that has a sneaking suspicion, um, and that there is a you know there's a part of you that recognizes it. It's important for you to listen to that part of you. That what you're looking for is not just a physical shift, but also a shift in your life. Like what is you need things to go differently. It's not just oh, do I need to leave Denmark because we broke up? It's no. Do I need something different, radically different in my life? Well, that passes into the third house that says your immediate circumstances around you, the environment around you, 
will impact you greatly, which is why I immediately go, okay, if this is in the third house, I need to ask, are they close to one another physically? Okay, so you're not, move, you're not living together. That's good. So it says your immediate environment is an issue. So now we look to the ninth house, the house of travel, the house of kind of long distance. And here we have conjunctio. Conjunctio um, is the conjoining. This means literally marriage. So if you had not told me, I would have said you moved for marriage. Um, and it's right there in the chart, conjunctio, marriage. But it is making a connection to your house. That is the first house vis-a-vis an outside figure, and that is the 10th and the 12th house, which has a miso, that is the letting go and the loss. Yes, you have to move, but it's not just that you have to move. A miso means that you're going to need to let go, that you are going to have to take whatever measures you need to do to both emotionally and legally let go of this. So there, whatever divorce proceedings that need to go on, you need to do them. What's important about this, though, is that it indicates that you are not going to be able to move on your own, that the shift and and changes that you need to undertake will come at the intervention of a third party. This person is mm-hmm. a helper. This person is likely going to be a, a Taurus um, or ruled by Venus, so either Taurus or a Libra. Um, but this, these people, this individual will be someone who will help you. This person themselves will have gone through a similar experience and will have either just gone through the process of divorce or have also gone through a separation because the figure that represents them, Amiso, both passes to the 12th to make the connection to you, but it also passes into the seventh house of relationships, indicating that they too have suffered a loss. So this is the person you're going to look at. It might be a friend. It might be uh, someone that you meet in Denmark. It might be a lawyer. But it is a third-party person who is either a Taurus or a Libra and who has gone through this process themselves, a separation, forced move, etc. They will be instrumental for helping you move. It is important that you move. Now, the path forward looks positive for you. It's rocky. It's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. Um, it's going to take a bit of adjustment. But in the end, it will be good. We have the right witness is Fortuna Minor. That is the lesser fortune that is leaving. That is the things that have become difficult for you are in your past. They're going to go away. And they lead you to Via, which is in the left witness. That is literal travel and the path that is open. The outcome or the judge is Fortuna Major. You will be better for it. All of this experience, as painful as it will be, as painful as this journey is, it will actually, in the end, make a better experience for you. You will benefit from it. You will be in a better place emotionally, financially, and environmentally. So you have to move. Look to an intermediary or an intervener that will help you, someone who has experience, someone who is ruled by Venus. Venus, uh, accept that the road ahead of you is a little bit rocky, but that this will pass, and in the end, it will work out in your benefit. That's what my reading sees here. I'm going to turn this over to Mama E, who's going to give you uh, further reading. Thank you. Hi, Erin. Um what I want to ask you something that nobody has asked. What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm, I'm a student currently, I guess. Okay. Are you studying something that had to do with uh, that has to do with either communication, marketing, creativity? Yes, multimedia design. Perfect. Okay. 
Now, what I see here, first of all, is that you are right now working towards getting the rewards of everything you have sacrificed to your schooling and your learning process. That is the center card of the reading. Now, that is the Seven of Pentacles. The Seven of Pentacles can also indicate that this experience that you have gone through with the, the husband will also help you the rest of your life to uh, be able to make better decisions and to um, be successful in uh, not only in work but in life in general. Now, I see from the top row of my cards that uh, although you are separated, it wasn't something that really broke your heart. Um, I think that it was it was a situation of way too much control, more than you could, could handle, and that you finally decided to go ahead and take the plunge. Now, let me tell you, that is going to be, uh, you're going to be very successful in life. Uh, I got the Three of Pentacles for you, and that, uh, in, you know, in my deck is a real beautiful card of a ballerina on stage with three spotlights with her pentacles and roses at her feet. So this is telling me that you will be very financially successful and recognized in your life. Now, on the other side of that is the three of wands, which is a woman looking into the distance, ready to get away and ready to leave. Underneath that, there's the king of swords. The king of swords is someone um, I would say it's more like a man over 40 that will communicate with you and help you get everything straightened out. This could even be a father figure or uh, an older relative. And next to that, the Knight of Wands is a younger man, uh, a very passionate younger man. And I believe Conjurement Ali mentioned some Leo uh, in your future, which to me, this card represents Leos. Uh, it's all that fire around them. So this person will help you settle down while the older man will help you get everything in order on your paperwork. So this might either be a lawyer or it might be a, a father figure. Now next to that is the seven of wands. Seven of wands is someone that is standing on a place of uh, advantage, but it still has to fight the things that are being thrown at them. However, you will be successful because you're on top of the hill. And Next to that, I pull another card, and it was the Five of Wands, which is another fellow, you know, uh, fighting from top of some hill. So basically what he's telling me is that you will have to work hard. You would have to struggle a little. But because of what you know so far, what you have achieved, you will be successful. And your creativity, that's why I asked you, because I got the Princess of Wands, and that is creativity. You have to have fun. You have to be creative with what you know and make the decisions that you need to make the rest of your life, and you will be very successful because everything you have, everything that you need to have a successful future. But yes, the answer is you need to leave and you need to get everything straightened out. That's my reading. Wow. Thank you very much. Okay. Now 
Uh, <laughs> I'm the one who's supposed to give the root work, and I could almost exactly give the same root work that Ollie gave for the last client. Mm. <laughs> I kid you not. Mm-hmm. Isn't this interesting? Mm-hmm. The situations mm-hmm. are so similar. The readings, although they included different cards and different aspects, this one contained more struggle than the last. But um, And this one did not contain mental illness like the other one did. But, wow, there's some very interesting similarities. So I'm going to have to come up with a different spell that does the same thing. <laughs> All righty. So I would... Um, Get a either two figural candles, uh, a male and a female, whatever, husband, wife, candles, or one of those little bride and groom couple candles where they're joined at the hip, kind of side by side. Again, you're going to name one for you and inscribe it, name one for him. But in this case, I'm I'm not going to say to use blessing oil because that was a more spiritual a group. That was the group was about spirituality. This is about marriage. Not going to use breakup oil. That would be too... Uh, violent. I'm going to say separation oil. Separation oil is a much gentler formula. It it has things that will cause people to go apart from one another. But if you look at the label, it just shows people sort of in a room together, turning away from one another. So um, dress the two candles with separation oil. If you get one of the ones that is joined together, you can just burn it down through and then toward the end use a, a meat cleaver or hatchet or a a big butcher knife to just cut it apart, wham, like that. You want to do it on a block of wood. If you have two separate candles, and if you don't have figural candles, because who knows what they have in Denmark, um, you could just use two um, six-inch candles, two household candles, but they should be white, white for calm, for peace, and, um, you know, not nobody's getting cursed here. We're just separating them apart. But in this case, instead of a bowl of water between them, I'm going to want you to put either that knife that you use to hack them apart or you're going to put a pair of scissors between them. If you if you have to start with two of them, just use a pair of scissors. You can also use a knife. I even had one lady to tell me a long time ago, she said, well, I want it to be really peaceful and I just want him to sign the papers. Can I just use a bone letter opener <laughs> to separate us? And, of course, a letter opener is sharp and will work. So it's the amount of delicacy that you want to bring to that situation. You're going to put that, um, you're going to dress dress them and pray, and pray very hard. Pray that he finds uh, his own new way in life forward, that all good things come to him in proportion to the good he does to others. Then you um, pray over your candle, same thing, that all good comes to you in proportion to the good that you do to others, and that you're looking for a new way forward in life. Between the two, you're going to put... Um, the knife, the scissors, the hatchet, whatever it is, depending on your level of, of uh, antipathy, I guess. And um, and the blade will face him, unless it's a double-edged blade, like a letter opener, it can, the blade faces both ways. That keeps you apart. Now, you're also going to do something else I would like to see you do. Before you start this, I want you to do something under for an altar setting. I want you to take a piece of paper, and I want you to draw a big heart on the paper, and I want you to write on it, on one lobe of the heart, the, the one that's going to go on your side, I want to write you, you to write a prayer for what your desires are. I, I pray that I will um, be able to financially, emotionally, and with safety 
uh, travel from Denmark back to my home in America um, where I will find um, that which I wish at the time I wish to find it in the way I wish to find it. In other words, if you're in school, you might want to wish to finish your schooling or, uh, you know, whatever, however you want to word it. And then for him, you write the same thing on his side. You can use your scissors, your knife, your hatchet, or you can just tear that paper in half right down the middle of the heart so it's a broken heart. That's to destroy the relationship. Um, But again, we're doing it very gently. And um, then you can put the knife or scissors right down that teared area to kind of keep them apart. If you don't know what I'm talking about, take a look at um, the cover of the book Destroying Relationships by Miss Aida, and I'll give you some idea. Uh, You can make a jagged cut down the middle of the heart with the pinking shears. That's another way to do it. So once you've done that, you're then going to uh, walk the candles apart, the same way that we talked about before. You're going to take his candle. Now, I'm not going to douse his candle. I'm not going to ask you to douse it. You're going to let his candle burn out naturally, and you're going to take his candle uh, to a crossroads, and um, you can just put it there, the wax puddle, and say, let all who pass by here uh, travel far and wide to find him happiness or pain or whatever it is you want for him, uh, wherever he may go. Your wax, you want you to mail back to America. It's going to precede you to America, right? So if you, for instance, need to move back to your parents' home temporarily until you get set up or your sister's house, or if you're just going to move to San Antonio, Texas, you just send it to um, attention, general delivery, your name, general delivery, San Antonio, Texas. Pay for the postage and send it there. You don't have to ever claim it. It just has to go to America, okay? And it's a symbolic mailing yourself, uh, if you will. All right, that's my idea for a spell. Does anyone have anything else to add? That's great work. No, that sounds. I love the mailing to general delivery in America. I love mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an old one. I was taught that a long time ago in Oakland, California. Um, and it has always stuck with me. Um, uh, it's just a. It means a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All righty. The only thing so, I have to say to the caller is just remember that this is a it's a process. It's going to take a little mm-hmm. bit. It's, you're going to have to work through it, but that all of us see a light at the end of the tunnel for you, and and that's what you need to kind of hold on to. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All righty. Well, here comes our uh, little musical interlude, which means that. As soon as this music is over, we're going to have um, the electronic, technical, and um, hmm, schedule announcement for our network shows. And then after that, we're going to have Papa Newt come in, and then we're going to have our free spell. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, and the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7, all times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, 
sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Now it's time for our freestyle segment with Mama E of ConjureDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Mama E. Thank you, Papa Nuge. Okay, this is going to be a recipe instead of a spell. It's going to be a spell that involves cooking, baking, actually. So this is, I will be posting this uh, later after we're done with the show so you can all see it. This is going to be a three-day spell. The first thing you need to do is get some of those edible roses, that rose rugosa that we mentioned before. Place the roses for one night on your love altar. So put them in a vase and then light a, a small red candle with some love oil, a pinch of earth, and pray on it. And let's say you have someone that you want to come into your life, a specific someone, and then you pray on that and you, you know, ask God to bring you that person uh, so that both of you can be together forever. The next day, you take the roses, you take all those petals, and you make sugar rose petals. Now, this is the easiest thing, and believe me, I'm not a baker, so I found things that were easy for everyone to do. You lay your petal on some wax paper, and then you paint both sides of each rose petal with egg white. Then you sprinkle the petals in sugar on both sides, and you let them dry overnight. So this is day two, right? On day three, get a regular white cake mix box. You don't have to even make a cake from scratch. Follow all the instructions except before you mix your dry ingredients with your wet ingredients, add two tablespoons of dried lavender. Now, if you don't want to see the lavender, you can grind it. Otherwise, you can just add the lavender. And add two teaspoons of vanilla extract into the mix because lavender and vanilla are for attracting love. So make your cake, you can make cupcakes or you can make, you know, uh, a sheet cake. Then take the frosting, and I'm not even telling you to make frosting, buy a can of frosting, add additional vanilla to it. And while you're making this, you're thinking of your loved one and you're, you know, asking, God, bring this man to me, read whatever psalm you want to read that brings love into your life. This is good work at its best. After the cake is finished baking, you put the frosting and take those rose petals that you prayed on at your love altar and decorate the cake or the cupcakes with the candied rose petals. Then you invite your friend and or you give him a cupcake or you give him a piece of cake. And this is a love spell from the kitchen for you. Wow. I I love making the candied flower petals. Um, mm. It's a it's easier than you think. One of the things I was taught by my evil stepfather, who happened to be a professional <laughs> pastry chef among his good accomplishments, 
um, was to don't use regular sugar. He said you want to get that super fine. Now, this is not powdered mm-hmm. sugar. It's called super fine sugar, and it is a very fine-grained sugar, and it makes more delicate candied mm-hmm. rose petals. Just saying. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, channeling yeah. the, the ghost of the evil dead. <laughs> <laughs> but in a pinch, you can use regular sugar, and you that's why I try to make it easy for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, of course, when making the frosting, you know, you can also use um, colory swirls, you know, pink or red. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can use candy dye or you can buy pre-made frosting, as you said. That's wonderful. Um, This recipe, by the way, there's a a very nice recipe, different but similar, in Mm -hmm. Hoodoo Food, the book Hoodoo Food. And that one is a little bit more complicated because it's all made from scratch. But... um, that one was um, uh, if the Conjure Cook-Off won first prize, and that was made by um, Mama Hen. And Mama Hen's recipe uh, for rose petal cake is spectacular. But she had to actually, I mean, you have to make it from scratch. It's right, very right. good, very, very good. And I recommend this is a much easier uh, yes. alternative. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... Um, Cooking with rose water is another thing mm-hmm. you can do, and I'm going to suggest that. If you use an instant cake mix to which mm-hmm. you are to add water, use uh, rose water. Now, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about water in the sense of a cologne or perfume that may be called um, agua in Spanish. I'm talking about rose mm-hmm. water, which is literally distilled oh. water with rose fragrance mm-hmm. essence in it. Yeah. And you can buy this at most Middle Eastern um, yep. Yeah, you know, it's a Middle Eastern thing. Sure. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. Right, and you or can make use it. That for it the can water. be made. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah, good. And uh, that is, um, uh, oh my gosh, Kanchmanali gives us the Arabic name Gul e Gulab. Say that. Yeah, Gul e Gulab. Gul e Gulab. Right. Well, I I just call it rose water, but we sell it in our shop in four ounce bottles, and um, but you can buy it in a, any. Um, Oh my gosh! Any grocery store that sells things for the Middle East, either for um, Sephardic Jews, Arabs, mm-hmm. Kurds—you name it—it's a thing. <laughs> Greek people use it. Turks. Interesting yeah. enough, the uh, rose water, the kind of uh, syrupy uh, w- rose water that you find in those Middle Eastern, is usually used as a drink at weddings for the bride mm. and the groom. So especially in Muslim traditions that don't drink, instead of champagne, they pour it out and it has little seeds of another herb uh, called rayon, which I don't know the English translation to. Mm-hmm. Little small seeds that are mixed in with the rose water. Um, and they drink that as a, as mm-hmm. a sort of celebratory between bride and groom. There's a, there are some also in uh, from India which are made with a mixture of rose water and other yes. uh, herbs and dyed pink. Beautiful. Uh, the fragrance is amazingly like roses, and it's non-alcoholic, just a lovely beverage. Nice. So, yeah, that can be used to moisten the – to make the cake batter. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it okay. is delicious. It is yeah. delicious. Now, we also are just not going to say one more thing, but we do have to kind of mention it. For those who are above – over the age of um, a majority, um, if you were to um, use some of your own secret ingredients in such a mm-hmm. cake or in the frosting, it uh-huh. could 
good idea to use a little pink dye to disguise those secret ingredients. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right. right. Some okay. powerful hoodoo right there. Right. I've been told that I tell too much on the radio and that I might be corrupting the young. But, no, no, you know, please, girl, please continue. Any, any girl over 13 knows what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> All right. All righty. Well, Mama E, it was wonderful to have you on the show, as always. You're you're just an amazing worker. I just love being around you. And, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, a lot of a lot of mystery and magic in the powerful form of the rose. So um, we are going to give some time here to Papa Newt, who is going to come in and say goodbye with all of the announcements requisite for leave taking, and then we'll all come back and we will all say goodbye each in our own separate and individual ways. So take it away, Papa Newt. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Kat and Conjurman Ali, and thank you, Mama E of ConjurDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We do invite you to join us next week when we will have a very special guest joining us, which will be Papa G of SouthernFolkMagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us the topic on Appalachian folk magic. Once Ooh. again, we've come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat by the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from papanewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archives via luckymojo.com slash radio show.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt. Now, thank you. In, yeah, and yeah. in the um, week to come, I want you all to think about harvesting rose petals when you can. And uh, mm-hmm. see what you can do for yourself. Dry them, brush them with egg white, sprinkle them with sugar, and have fun. Well, good night. <laughs> and good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.